Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coming up on the Holderness Family Podcast. Hang on a sec. I got to see what's on my phone here. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I get you got it? it. I okay. Got it. Dear doctor, fix us. Tell us what to do. Go. We are going to help you get over social media addiction. Oh, I have adult ADD because I can't focus on anything. 2019 has been a butthole. Here's my guilty pleasure. You're so- chasing the dragon now. <laughs> I've never once seen an episode of Beverly Hills 90210. I, I was busy excuse. working on my synthesizers and I had time for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, got a snort. How does this contribute to mommy burnout? And I say opposite. I disagree. This is not an ad for Game of Thrones. <laughs> You're not holding my hand anymore. <laughs> okay, sorry. Better. Okay. And um, I had to watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And send. Okay, let's start the show. <laughs> Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. We are the Holderness family. You mostly see us being silly on the Facebook. On the Facebook and the YouTube yeah, and, and Instagram. Let's talk all about all of our social media platforms, Penn. Because today's show, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is about how maybe we're using a little too much of that. Maybe just a little bit addicted. Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, we, ha- we, we got the a little irony. favor. Got a little okay. favor to ask. The of irony you. is huge, yeah, it and is. we get it's it. It's thick irony. Uh, we would love it if you subscribe to this podcast. And I know a lot of folks who uh, listen to us, they will see the links on Facebook or Instagram, and they'll download that episode. And we've seen so many comments and so much traffic. In fact, this last week's podcast was the most listened to podcast that we've ever had. Uh, but we can tell by looking at the analytics that not as many people are subscribing. They're just waiting each week for the link the links to and pop they're up. clicking on it. So if you Which could- Which we appreciate. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Do what you got to do. But favor, personal favor to us. If you could, once you're done with this, go to where you get your podcast and hit that little subscribe button. On iTunes, it's a little purple button and you click on it. That does wonders for us. Well, it just helps us get in the kind of like iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher kind of algorithm, mm-hmm. and then it gets suggested to people. There have been a lot of people asking if we could do this a couple times a week, um, and we really can afford to. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly <laughs> and, yeah, right. Yeah, unless, unless a lot of people are listening. And that, that's just us being really transparent. Yep. So when people are asking you to subscribe, that's why. Yeah, and so this would be, I would consider this a personal favor. <laughs> to pen holderness. And then we're going to do something for you today. We are going to help you get over social media addiction, which is actually contributing a lot to what people are calling mommy burnout. Yeah, so we we interviewed this amazing doctor of psychology, and we're, I'm going to introduce her in a second. Um, but I, I, I sought her out because I am going, and I'm going to shoot it, I think, this weekend, and I've been kind of putting it off. I have a problem. <laughs> I, as we you know, I, I, I've been, I've talked openly about anxiety and have how I've battled depression, and I think it's exacerbated by the multitasking or this like faux multitasking thing I do with my phone. I have the phone in the palm of my hand or a computer in front of my face most of my waking hours, and I make the excuse. Excuse that it's oh it's my job, but 
everybody could say that. And I, I do think it's contributing to just it's, – it's, it's really pushing me more into introversion for sure. What would it be like to take a walk outside without my phone? You know, I, I – Boring. I, well, that's to say like I usually <laughs> listen to podcasts. But what would happen if I noticed things like the leaves on the trees? I don't know. That's just crazy. I depend so much on it and I'm looking forward to kind of putting things in place to to have some real concrete barriers around it. I've got a problem as well. We both do. Mine is a little twitchier. Like I'll be – someone will be talking and I'll just randomly look at my phone kind of like a – you know, our 22-year-old niece who does that, like, in the middle of a conversation. No, she doesn't. Uh, oh, she's she, getting no, better. All teenagers do. She's not a teenager. I'm, look, I'm not, I'm not putting her on blast. You just notice, like, kids, they, they'll be in the middle of talking to each other. And it's, it's socially acceptable. It's, I, don't, I don't think it's being rude because she's – usually when she does it, it's while she's talking to someone else who's got a cell phone in their hand. By she doesn't way, do it to us. No, she doesn't do it to us. But you do that to me. I know. That's what I just said. Did okay. you hear the first part? No, I didn't. Where I said I was kind of twitchy, like in the middle of someone talking, I would pick up the phone and I'd look at it. Kinda I know. Like, I do also believe I um, – we talk a lot about Penn's ADD. I was <laughs> Googling on my – computer on my cell which my cell phone is probably right next to me you're using social media i was using social media to see if like if, if i should be getting like tested for this because i really felt i really feel as an adult like oh i have adult add because i can't focus on anything i can't you know i sit down to write you know as i we've kind of put out to the universe we're trying to write this um book about kind of the, the fights we have and how we get through them and kind of that, that cool script we come up we're coming up with about how to have these difficult conversations in your marriage but i sit down to write and i get so i i think i just need to throw the phone away because i get pretty distracted um and i and i can't sit for very long doing it even watching a video that's longer than 45 seconds i'm like oh that was so long it's it's a lot I'm okay cutting, by the way, you some slack on this. I love that you're trying to work on it. I think it's going to make you happier. I think it's going to help you sleep. I also, if you've been following our podcast, 2019 has been a butthole <laughs> for us. And so uh, we need some, there, we need like, escapes. We do. No, there, we need escapes. We, we got some personal things happening that made 2019 can suck it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've heard that before, and I agree. It's no, but I'm going to say, I do, you know, here's my guilty pleasure. I'm going to admit to you right now. Okay, okay, so everybody knows I love Dr. Pimple Popper. Wait, is there more? Yes, I have found, I've gone deeper than Dr. Pimple She's Popper. She's gone dark web? I've, Wait, you haven't told me about this. I Okay, so Dr. Pimple Popper was like my entry. It was right. like my gateway. We're into getting into the heroin. In, yeah, we're into getting... the weird Instagram world. Right. Okay, You're so. chasing the dragon now. <laughs> You're using drug words, and I never really did them, so I'm sorry. It was, a, it was a Beverly Hills episode oh. with Luke Perry. Okay. Probably oh. a little liquor. Okay. Also, can I admit something? What? I've never once seen an episode of Beverly Hills 90210. Shut up. I know. I've never seen in an, in an episode. What? What? Well, you were in high school. We didn't have cable. It was on Fox. I, we just didn't. I, I danced. I, I was at a dance studio. I don't know. I, I was busy working on my synthesizers, and I had time for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, got a snort. All right, back okay, to the. So, what is your heroin? Oh, okay. What's what? What is no, it? No, like maybe people. Okay, okay. So pimples were my thing. I have found an Instagram account where this lady tweezes ingrown hairs, and I just watch it on repeat. And then from there, it was suggested on Instagram and the algorithm that there's a doctor who pulls earwax out of people's ears. <laughs> And I watch that now. What is happening to you? <laughs> Can I show it to right you now? Right now? Okay. Well, I, so I don't. I don't like Doctor Pimple Popper. While she's why? Look, why don't you like Doctor? While Pimple? she's looking it up, no, I have like, an infected here. earlobe. We're going to get back to all that in just a second. But first, we want to welcome a new sponsor to our podcast, KiwiCo. They are speaking our language because they create these really cool kids' experiences with no screens required. Or language. Or language. Yes. Okay, so KiwiCo, they have these really cool hands-on kits that they send you. And they design their projects specifically to encourage confidence and creativity. And the goal is that through play, kids get an enriching learning experience. Uh, that carries over into everything. So this month we got this like felt succulent garden with like clay stones modeling and like 
Lola was all about it because we kill everything, even succulents. And then there's this. You can't kill this. It doesn't require water. I know. And then there's this tinker crate that I have my son doing right now. And it's like creating. And by the way, I offered it to my daughter too. She chose the succulent garden. Um, and it's like this whole like engineering thing. So that's the whole part of it is that it focuses on STEAM, which is the science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics. They have seven lines underneath the umbrella for kids age zero to 16. So we are super in the wheelhouse. And the kids are having a great time with it. And they're, they're doing the crafting, and, and this, they're all in these little packets. So yeah. instead of being all over the house and there being extra stuff everywhere, they have them in these little plaques. I'm, I'm sorry, that's just that's yeah. important to me. Well, and, and so they come every month, so it's super convenient, and it's right there. And, and kids just want to have fun, and they just want to be engaged, and they don't really need to be in a screen all the time, right? So change the way your kids play with KiwiCo. Visit KiwiCo.com slash Holderness and get your first crate free. That's KiwiCo. K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash Holderness for the first crate free. KiwiCo.com slash Holderness. Okay, here we go. Okay, All right, so okay. there's. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk you through it. I'm a sportscaster, so hang on. That something just happened here. Okay. Uh, I'm good at calling highlights. Okay, so there is a piece of skin. She is she... gingerly brushing no, the loose a... hair away from the skin. Now she's got some tweezers. It looks like she's oh. It's it's a disgusting, translucent, gelatinous goo. She has removed the excess material. There is a small... It kind of looks like the turd on the back of a shrimp that you pull off. <laughs> it's a hair. It's not. It's a hair. It's stuck in there. There's blood and there's pus. Oh, All right, I... we have... Oh, oh, oh come on! <laughs> so it's like pulling a worm yes, out of... I love it, and it's so satisfying. Oh. I'll save you. I'll spare you from the earwax removal. I'll spare uh, you. It's called Tweezist. I know. And she's from Korea, I think, for South Korea. Oh, she's... And this thing has 37,000 views. Yes. So, okay. But, so we're talking... <sighs> so this is my thing. I will, at night, to unwind, I will watch random... <laughs> Pimples being popped or hair being yeah. pulled. You know what? We're going to keep this away from Dr. Ziegler. We'll get to other stuff oh because that, okay. it'll dominate the entire conversation. I know. We, I'm not even going to bring it up. I'm okay. not even going to bring it up. Um, but I think that I have a legitimate addiction. I do need to make some changes. I realize the irony that we make our living basically off people engaging with people on social media and that's the thing is that i love that part and that is a good part of social media we went through a lot recently with our dog and i can't tell you how heartwarming it was to get like i am still getting messages that's from the people, good part of it and that is like the and i i felt the love in a way that i'm like oh there's somebody in canada thinking about me like there's like that was like and like that has gone through something like that was the beautiful part of what social media was meant for. I'm not afraid. And then yeah. there's ingrown hairs. Yeah. Oh <laughs> gosh. And I'm you know I'm not afraid to say this. And if it's I, if this is bad or sh- I don't care. I think that the fact that we are on social media helped us find a good home for our dog. That the the yeah, well no she didn't know who am I using air quotes like who we were she didn't know she who didn't us. but then she listened to a podcast yeah and she understood our situation a little bit better and like even even if it was just a little bit we needed to find a a safe place for her and I so I guess what I'm saying is it is possible for social media to be good and I think Dr Ziegler understands that as well okay, should we introduce Dr Ziegler we, we should I okay. yes Doug. I was going to say more stuff but go, go ahead. say more stuff no, go I, say more stuff. Well, I, I just, I forgot what it was that I was going to say. <laughs> okay, Dr. Cheryl Ziegler is a doctor of psychology, author, speaker, local and national media contributor, board member, Girl Scout leader, Girls on the Run coach, and advocate for children. No she, wonder she's burnt out. Are I know. She, she's the author of Mommy Burnout, How to Reclaim Your Life and Raise Healthier Children in the Process. Um, it was, and I'm going to put the link to this in the, the description. It's a great book. It's one of the top parenting books of 2018 and winner of Best Parenting Family Book as awarded by International Latino Book Awards. She's born as a first-generation Cuban-American. Dr. Uh, Ziegler draws her early from her early childhood in New York City to her tween and teenage years being raised in a blended family in upstate New York. These unique life experiences have created an incredible perspective on parenting, mothering, raising all types of children in the modern world. Welcome, Dr. Ziegler. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you because this has been a topic I have identified that I have a legitimate phone addiction. And I think we could 
probably diagnose it as maybe social media, but I do a lot of, there's a lot of emails and there's a lot of phones. And I, I think I can't be the only one, right? You are definitely not the only one. I mean, it's so interesting. Studies show that women, women in particular, we can spend upwards of even 17 hours sometimes a day online. So not just social media, but online, right? Shopping, working, and doing social media. So it's incredibly time consuming. You've gone close to 17, I, I believe. I'm but, sure. I mean, a lot of it is work. So we, I think it's important. There are people who work in social media and who work online. And uh, I imagine it's difficult making sure that you take care of that without turning it into something that's so excessive. I agree. but here And here's the other thing that's interesting. And I don't know if you relate to this, Kim, because you guys talk about ADD kind of a lot. So mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's super interesting is last year, they came out also with these stats that women are reporting and being diagnosed with ADD at these incredibly high rates, like really, really inflated. But I actually think that it's because we're online so much and there's so many distractions, we feel so overwhelmed we feel so like wait a second oh wait i was just doing that oh wait oh wait i forgot to order this yeah i mean i have a list of things that i needed to do basically online today and it took me two or three hours to get through it because i was so distracted by like the dings and the alerts and and all of that stuff um i will okay so in your book mommy burnout which i'm holding in my hands you have a chapter dedicated to this topic you have kind of a checklist and that if if you identify with at least three of these items on this list you might be a redneck no consider <laughs> sorry changing it's the same basic formula though no oh my oh wow no it's a great jeff foxworthy i know I, sorry I know. go ahead uh you if you can identify with at least three of the items on this list consider changing the way you view or use social media so we're going to go through this list Penn and i are going to be very honest Okay. Okay. And then and the people listening at home can nod ahead. Okay. Here we go. Number one, uh, you mindlessly scroll through posts and lose track of time. You don't even process what you're looking for. Uh, I don't do that as much. I don't do that uh, as much. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> but me, totally. I'm, I'm not a my big hands. scroller through posts. Like, I, 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 I'm sure I'll be on this list. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Uh, you choose connecting over social media over meeting friends in person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. I, I am definitely an, more of an introvert in tendency, but I really feel by the end of the day, I've connected with enough people just through. Right. My- and, and I'm a huge extrovert, but it, by necessity, it's it's easier to manage yes. that way. Okay. You, um, you incessantly check your phone after you post something for likes and comments. Uh, well, it's our job. Yeah, so that's where it gets tricky. It is a little bit of our job, but I can see how in real world... Even even when it's not our job. Like, I have an Instagram page where it's nothing but me taking pictures of myself with double chins, and it has no monetary value. Um, <laughs> I should tell everyone about this, because, I mean, everyone who takes... Chin, okay. Double chin Instagram. Everyone who takes pictures on Instagram, like, does this duck face, like, with the camera, like, way up above their head, so they have, like, a perfect chin. And I say opposite. <laughs> Of that. And no, when I do post it, it's, again, not a monetary thing. I'm, like, obsessed with how many people are liking my double chin posts. So check. Okay. You feel lonelier, more depressed, or angry after scrolling through your feed? I don't know. That's I don't, deep, I don't know. Cheryl. Yeah, That's deep. Okay. That your ki- deep. Yeah. Your kids tell you uh, that you're on your phone too much. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have your phone on the table next to you when you meet someone for lunch or coffee. Yep, 100%. You check your social media before your feet hit the floor in the morning. Uh, I feel like I'm saying yes, but you're also saying yes oh, to all of these. Okay, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Yep, check. At any given time, you were looking for that postable moment. We, I try not to do that. And so you and I are actually bad at that. And we've been told like, oh, to grow Instagram, like, check, you know, live your life as if everything's an Instagram shoot. And we are the opposite of that. Yeah. So I, I think we're actually get up. We're OK on that. OK. Uh, you spend more time than you'd like admitting crafting captions for your photos. I don't, I don't even know how to do that. I don't do that either. Yeah. You scroll through other people's profiles to find out where they are or if they've been tagged by someone else nope. because you are sure they've been excluded. No. I, I read my friends this list and they've all done that. I haven't done that, but all my friends have done that. Uh, you fall asleep scrolling through your phone. 
I, uh, I fall asleep listening to either Thirty Rock or Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, so we fall, but we fall Not asleep scrolling. with devices. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have admitted to most of those things. Yeah. I do believe we have a phone, internet, device, social media problem. So now, uh, dear doctor, um, fix us. Tell us what to do. <laughs> Go. <laughs> so you know, one of the things you want to look at is thinking about like especially for you guys. I mean, you're a little bit the exception because this is part of your your jobs, but there's healthy uses of social media, right? So in the book, I kind of do, you know, that list. And then a lot of people relate. I don't know anybody who's like, nope, not me. I mean, I think most people can relate. And then there's sort of like another box. It's like, are you, if you're misusing it, let's talk about healthy uses for social media and then unhealthy uses, right? So that's what you guys can think about. A healthy use would be you want to socialize with people. You want to stay in touch with people. You want to get people's opinions or answers, experiences from trusted sources. So a lot of people today, instead of asking people like, hey, you know, what dentist do you use? Or, you know, who's your pediatrician? They actually go online or they just post it and see what people say. Um, if you want to unwind because you want to watch something funny, but like you want to unwind for a little bit, not all night long, right? So there's a yeah. time limit around it. You want to stay in, in touch like with the news and, and a lot of people like belonging to communities, like, like in Penn's case, you know, people who think double chins are the funniest thing in the world, right? <laughs> so they could have their own little online community. <laughs> Those are great uses for social media. But then for you guys, it's looking at like your unhealthy uses. Like, are you procrastinating, right? Are you not yes. wanting to? So that's like, so I would say like that's the first one, like procrastinating and then maybe just feeling like, you know, you don't, you don't know what else to do with your time or you don't have actual people to spend mm -hmm. time with. So you're kind of living through someone else's life. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of what I see. Um, going on with people today. They're just sort of fantasizing through other people's posts and lives and feeling kind of crappy about their own. And what is that in, in a marriage? <laughs> what is the danger of that? What is the danger of just being so involved with these, uh, the, this staring at the palm of your hand for so long? Yeah, I mean, within a marriage, it's pretty huge, actually, because what I um, commonly hear is, you know, like, I thought we were doing okay, but then I realized, like, you know, the Smiths just got a new car, and oh, look at their big fancy house, and oh, they went to Maui for spring break. Like, you know, th there's this thing where all of a sudden you start judging your spouse, how much money he makes, and like your life, and that's the whole, like, you feel lonely or even angry looking through sometimes other people's posts. What, what, what you were pointing at me during that. Well, just because there are some friends who, and they go to really fancy vacations, and um, Kim seems to always know where they're going and seems what? to find a way to bring that up every once in a while. But who are we talking about? I'm you, not going to say their okay. names. No, but I, I actually, but I, I don't usually get, no, that, being jealous of that isn't my problem. I think my, our, our issue is we both, we fall asleep yeah. with like a device in, instead of, you know, mommy daddy time, and so I think there's there's got there's like this weird wall that you put up, and I think that um, I'm definitely going to be challenging myself. I would like to, and I'm maybe make a video on it to go a couple days with just without a cell phone, you know, not saying without internet or anything like that, but just like without a cell phone and see how you know not forever, just a couple days, kind of break the habit and then come back with some some restrictions because I, it was my New Year's resolution to kind of connect more and I did well for a while and then I totally just fell back into this, you know, this cycle of staring at the palm of my hand and it's not good. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that whole piece. I, You know, in Mommy Burnout, I have a whole chapter on like marital stuff and that is a big part of it. Like, parents and not just parents couples today are going to sleep with you know two ipads or two phones in their hands watching two different shows you know maybe you're watching game of thrones and you know whatever kim yeah. you're watching house hunters whatever and so you're you're not even like we're not even any longer watching the same shows together mm -hmm. you know we're not even having the same experiences together and so that's definitely a way that like social media slash technology shows up in marriages is it's, it's so easy too. And then you even put on your headphones, like you're really in your whole other world laying next to each other in a bed. Or a lot of couples will say one person stays, you know, downstairs on the couch and the other person goes to bed 
and you both just sort of fall asleep and stumble in bed at some point. And so that's taking away from our intimacy and it's taking away from our sexual lives. It's taking away from really connecting, but it's an, it's a slippery slope. At first it starts off with like, oh, I just found the show and it's so great. I love it. And then before you know it, you know, time goes on and you sort of distance each other. I had to make a commitment to watch Game of Thrones because I, I we we have this really un, weird unspoken rule that we watch because I've 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 heard that happen. Like I go to this one room to watch my show and I go to this room to watch this show. We kind of we've made this weird silent commitment to watch the same show and Game of Thrones was so scary violent for me. But well, you like, walked in at the wrong time. I, you I, walked in at one of the bad times and the in in a very bad time. Yeah, that well, I, I I had no defense. But of. I had to like gear up to watch it so yeah. that we could have this conversation together um and, and for those yeah for those of you who haven't seen game of thrones if you are a woman and you're concerned because there are some very like there are some very raw moments let me just say the women okay, in that that show kick butt they are, it is the most butt kicking ensemble of women ever it's starting up in yeah. a couple of weeks this is not an ad for game of thrones <laughs> <laughs> But I had, to, I had to, I had to, like, it, I was yeah. like a year behind I, and I, I was like, okay, this is like, I'm literally, this is the work I'm willing to do for our marriage. I will be uncomfortable. I like stupid comedies and I had to get it. Like, there's a lot of beheadings and things like that I had to get through because I felt like we're not even, we're not even watching the same thing at night. And, and um, I had to watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I know, which is amazing. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. Amazing. Our producer, I, uh, congratulations. Yeah, and all the women are like, come on, Max. Max, hello. You just winced. I winced hard on the Maisel I one. I love that it's, show. That is a that is a popular show with women. I'm I fortunate think. enough that my wife agrees with me, so we only went <sighs> oh, through three I kinda, episodes. I, okay, actually, guys, it's grown this on me is a little not bit. a TV. Yeah, it's yeah. turned into but, one. But, but so, how do you? So, what do you recommend? Is there like a, a number of days a week they should try to like you know what I mean? Like to put away those iPads or just put put the iPads and cell phones, charge them downstairs. What do you recommend? Yeah. Well, that's so funny. So the whole like charging your phone downstairs, I mean, even for our health, there's really, we're looking at um, brain studies that talk about just, we're not sure what all of this electronics and technology is doing, but there's some really interesting studies, even just on plants, how like plants thrive in settings where there are less electronics. Wait. Uh, and so- What's um, where was this study? Was it that weird Edinburgh place that does like studies on where, where, what? Where does <laughs> plants thrive when there's no cell phones? Yes, I wish I could cite it for you right now. I will like I'll email you it's guys my later. Kids next, you. It's gonna yeah, it's my kids next science project. Anyway, remind me guys next January. Okay, go ahead. Yes, yeah. that's true. Have two. That's yeah. that, it is what I'm thinking of. They had like a plant in one room with electronics and a plant in another, and after 30 days, you know, the plant with electronics was like wilting. They say. I wonder if it's because no one's looking at the plant. <laughs> and then you go to a room where there's no electronics and you have nothing to look at. And, and the, you're and bored to death and you're like, feels... oh, I guess I'll water the plant now. <laughs> oh, my God. He's going to take any scientific study and try to make a comedy. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So, so just okay, there are so... benefits of just getting the devices out of the bedroom. Yes. And I will say for parents listening who might have, you know, tweens or teens it becomes an issue because at night there's they'll say like oh i need it because you know it's my alarm and they have all these excuses and so um i am a big fan of it being like a family kind of thing like there's a charging station and everybody kind of rests your phone and and kim like you're saying if you do that like sort of social media diet at night as an experiment for yourself you are gonna say i know you're gonna say i got more sleep you're gonna say you got literally quantity of hours increased you're also gonna say the quality of your time improved like it's all going to be good but mm -hmm. we're all in a place where we're kind of addicted so it's hard to keep up with it it's like a, a real diet you know it's just hard to keep up with um but some of the tips are um i mean every i'd say mostly every great leader and pretty zen person says we really shouldn't start our days looking at our emails and looking at our social media so that you know if it's not there in your room you can start your day in a different way you can start you know with a minute of gratitude um, some meditation, just getting up and go, you know, getting going. The, the mornings even go faster. Like mm -hmm. if you try to get your kids out the door, I mean, imagine how much more efficient your mornings would be if you weren't like half feeding your kids and making lunches and half looking at your phone. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. So, Doc, 
I'm going to call you Doc. Is it? No, I probably shouldn't do that. So, Doctor Ziegler, um, <laughs> a, as as a doctor and a licensed child psychotherapist, I would love it. And Kim doesn't know we're going to do this, but I hope she says okay. I want to hold your hand because I love you, and I want to kind of go back and forth on some of the crazy things that go on in our house surrounded by electronics and get like a professional diagnosis on this whole thing. Why are you holding my we're hand? Gonna, because be you know bad. I'm going to say some things, and you can say oh, some things. I'm going to say. Some I'm things. saying you can say some okay. things, but it's easier if you hold my hand while you're doing it. Okay. Okay. Are you are you up for this? I'm totally up for this. Okay. Do you want to go first, honey? No, I, I don't know. What you're I've got speaking. plenty of things okay. I can say about nope. myself. But okay, you go. Ahead. Okay. Well, let's start with this. So Kim will be on her phone and looking at her phone, and she'll start a sentence, <laughs> and it'll go like this. You know, I think it's really important that we. <laughs> Or, hey, honey, you got to remember to pick up the... <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> it probably happens I three times a day. I get very distracted. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting type of behavior that I understand. And I definitely... Look, I'm, I am senior ADD, but I was wondering if you've ever encountered anything like that on the uh, professional side. Yes. And so one of the things that I'll say, the category I would put that in professionally, is our ideals of multitasking. And I think we've come full circle with like the idea that multitasking is actually not a good thing and that monotasking or unitasking, whatever you want to call it, is really the way our brains were designed to function mm -hmm. and we're actually more efficient if we can do that. Mm -hmm. Unitasking. I like that. I like Never that. Never heard of that before. Um, oh, no. Well, but Penn, you were always on your phone. And you don't think you are, which is the funny thing. You you were on your phone a lot. Like like we're, if we're all sitting there watching TV, you're actually sc scrolling through scores on ESPN. Sure. So you're not on Instagram or Facebook like I am. You're not holding my hand anymore. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay. No, you're like checking scores and on yeah. ESPN. I, I was gonna like I was gonna throw myself under the bus and say that at night I like to have my computer open and my phone. Yes. I yeah. like to have two electronic devices. Yeah. Yeah, and most people will add in a third of the TV. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a um, lot. We're, we're, we're not a country that does one thing at a time very much anymore. And as a result, I mean, we're seeing more distracted driving. We're seeing, you know, we're seeing a lot of really negative consequences. How does this contribute to mommy burnout, which is the title of your book? And I know there's a lot of layers to it, but how does this in particular contribute to it? Well, it's pretty, it's pretty big on like social connection. So whether that's within your marriage or it's within your friends, that, that question of like, do you, would you prefer to connect on social media rather than in person is almost the crux of this. Like we're losing intimacy in friendships and relationships because we're relying on it. Like in my mind, right. I, I know what my kids, you know, friends in New York, like what they do and what sports they, they play, but I don't even really know them as kids, but I mm -hmm. think I do. So it's this false sense of connection and it's really catching up to us because we have a depression and anxiety epidemic in our country. And part of that, social media and just technology really do play a role because we need to have face-to-face -face connection, eye contact and touch with people. And we're losing that. All right, I got another one for you. Our nine-year-old, who is a bundle of energy, he's smart as a whip, he's fantastic, huge sports fan, loves to be outside, loves to shoot hoops. We caught him a couple of weeks ago at like five o'clock in the morning in front of an Xbox. It was stunning. Yeah. Yep. So for him, I would, I mean, that's not unusual. Um, a lot of parents also catch their kids like watching Netflix under the covers at two in the morning. That's another really mm -hmm. common thing. So I, it's almost like where Kim started. Like, I think the admission that there is an addictive component, but it's like this socially normalized addiction component. Cause like I'm addicted and you're addicted and their kids are addicted. So everybody is, you know? And so it's mm -hmm. like having Halloween every day, like 365 mm -hmm. days a year. Like, sure. Eat as much candy as you want. You know, there's that feeling of like, Oh, this is so out of our control. How would we ever rein this back? And so for your kid, I would ask him, um, you know, like what made you feel like you had to do that? And, you know, I'd want to know, does he wake up like dying to play Xbox? Is that, you know, part of his thing? Yeah, I think because we do, we are those evil parents that limit screen time. And mm -hmm. so he, and he wakes up really early. So what, how, by the way, how I've combated that, well, I took the Xbox controllers and I have them. So if he wants to play, he has to come find them for me. But then I bought 
that, duh, I bought him an alarm clock. And so he can't come out of his room until 7. So if he wakes up at 5 in the morning, he has a shelf full of books. He can read books. He can color. He can write. He loves to write his books. And using air quotes, he loves to write. So he can stay. You yeah. can do whatever you we, want. Yeah, we haven't put any tape on the door or anything yet, but so far he has complied. <laughs> no, I, but I'm up very early yeah. in the morning. And so I know I can hear him get up. He gets her up around like 6.15. And then he just like putters around like a little old man until he... Um, Gets you know leaves his room at seven, um, but isn't there like a, a? Did you have something else? To yeah, say yeah well, I just have other examples. Okay, go. I'm um, sorry. Go no, ahead. no, it's fine. I don't want to interrupt you. Here, hold my hand again. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't interrupt you, but this I'm going to go ahead do my. This thing. is both of us. Like I've woken up in the middle of the night because I've had to pee because I'm an old man and I probably have an enlarged prostate, <laughs> and um and I, I she is not that kind of doctor, and, Ben. So what's wrong? No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> What happens when your bladder... Stop it. Run, okay. Uh, but I'd look over to the left of me where my dear wife is sleeping and there's a glow and she's been up for you know an hour and she's looking at her phone. Yeah. Um, and I go to the bed and I, I go to the bathroom. I lie back down and I can't get to sleep. So I look at my phone. It, it seems to be... Like I feel like it's helping me with the insomnia because it gets my brain going and it shuts me down. I have a feeling you're about to tell me that it's enhancing my insomnia. So, so go ahead with that. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and tell me what I already yeah. know. <laughs> so you know that's it. Really, is one of sleep qualities what I get back to, and so we're really we're all dependent on. Well, if I get up, then there's this mental piece of like I can just go online and I can just, you know, mindlessly do something and maybe I'll just fall back asleep. But I think the truth is if it were dark in our room and it was quiet, we are much more likely to go to sleep quicker. You're activating yourself, right? With, even if you're passively scrolling things between the light and the content, you're actually energizing and activating your brain. You're not shutting it down. So I am going to tell you what you already know. And it's a real problem because we're a pretty also sleep deprived country. So we need to focus on you know, healthier and better quality sleep. Social media isn't going anywhere. Our phones are are, are are capable of so much. They are not going anywhere. Like, what do you see as like the future of how people are going to deal with this? Like, I would be really uplifted if you said, oh, as a country, we're going to make huge strides in, in how we moderate our uh, use online. But I don't feel like that's what you're going to say. We could start like a hippie col- colony where there's no electronics and we have to compost everything. But I don't think we could camp outside. I don't, I, but I wouldn't know how to compost. So I'd have to look it up in the internet. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. You know, I think um, you're at 100% right. Technology is not going anywhere. And the amount of time that kids are, you know, spending even at school on computers isn't going anywhere. Um, I certainly think, though, like in a, in a serious way, that there are pockets of educational systems and schools that are kind of looking, going backwards and being like, wait, 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 we're going to actually cut off some technology because these kids are already on their devices about seven hours a day. That's the average, you know, so like we already need to cut back. Right. So I think though, I do think like everything, even fashion, everything like starts and goes so another way and it all comes back somewhere. I think we will come back. Even books are making actual books are making comebacks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, because people realize that they don't get as much out of reading off a Kindle than they do, you know, holding a book. I do think, yeah, some things will come back, but things that can be helpful really are just starting like creating boundaries for yourself, for your marriage, for your kids, and really being disciplined about them. I mean, we ha- we have all have to accept technologies there, but we need boundaries around it. Um, and just knowing how to like there's kid stuff and adult stuff, but like for adults, um, really knowing that like socially and romantically, however, having your phone even physically sitting on the table sends a message that there's something that's potentially more important that's going to happen. That's going to cut this off with what we're experiencing. So just little things like put your phone in your purse, you know, keep your phone off the table, those kinds of things. Like what this comes back to really is how to create greater relationships. Uh, back to the concept about books being more popular now. I love the fabric or whatever the it's, paper is that your book is made out of. I'm, I think I'm it's pretty standard. Right yeah. He reads off a Kindle. He hasn't felt a book oh, in a it while. Feels so nice. It's a yeah. normal book, yeah. but it's a beautiful um, book. I, but it is not yeah. fabric. No, it is paper. It's nice. I, I also want to say <laughs> thanks. This. What is this material? <laughs> it's, it's, amazing. Paper. it's the words it's, are 
folding if I want them to. <laughs> this is crazy. It is paper. Pen. Um, yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, also, I, we need to throw ourselves under the bus while you're answering that question. And by the way, it's important, and we need to work on it on the on the intimacy side, intimacy side, and make sure like our phones aren't around. Um, but also, while you were talking, we looked up how many downloads we have from last week's podcast. Um, and, and I saw Kim look at it and instead of being like, you shouldn't be doing this, I did like a fist pump cause it's like doing really well. So we're like continuing to do this while you're still talking. Right? No, so while we're talking about it. No, but uh, that, first of all, I, I'm writing a list of things to ask you while I was doing that. So I'm being a good interviewer, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you also looked up the downloads. <laughs> no, I, and, and I encouraged it. I encouraged it. What is wrong with us? Oh my God. Well, again, you guys are a little bit of the exception in terms of not this really. is what you do, right? No, not say, really. Kim, for you, what I what I sense is like not just you, you representing moms, is the need. Like if I said to you, "Hey, why don't you try for the next week not multitasking? You're just gonna monotask." You know, like how do you think you'd react to that? I, I think I would. I don't know how I would even what that looks like. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. I think that first of all, I would, I would have to ditch my phone because that, that the ding and I have I, do, I have I have made changes. Like I've I've set up screen time barriers um, and on iPhones, and I think they have them on Android as well. Like you can set a, the like a usage alert, and it gives you a weekly report and all that stuff. I've set that stuff, um, and I've I've um, stopped the like the push notification. So if I want to check email, I actually have to go and check the email. But I don't know what that even looks like to not multitask because I'm. I don't either. I I make breakfast at the same time I make lunch, and I I know my kids are old enough to do it themselves, and they should do it themselves. But I enjoy doing it. So there's like this trap I fall into, but. I don't even know what it looks like. And I, I think I would need to – Penn makes fun of me for my lists. No, I think no, I'd I make, have to make a list. And I don't then make just, fun of you for that because I make a list every week and you've seen me make it and you think it's weird um, that I would do it because I'm such a space cadet. But it's it's the only way I get stuff done. I have to clear the deck on like one thing before I move on to the next thing. Yeah. I, I don't even know how – and that's it's an amazing challenge because I don't know how to actually do that. So yeah. – yeah, yeah, we should come up with this, like, um, you know, monotasking challenge. Monotasking, doing one thing at a time. One thing at a time. But I would say, here's what I would say. Like, I do the same. Of course, I make breakfast and lunches at the same time. But in my mind, yes, I'm juggling, but I don't feel like I'm trying to help my kid with homework, trying to make lunches, breakfast, and tie shoelaces. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like that's what moms do. Yeah. Like, a lot you know so so to me cooking is all could be like one category but right. it would be you know just what we what exactly what Penn was saying like our our kids are talking to us or our spouse is talking to us and we're looking at our phone and we're like uh-huh like you know i've definitely been my husband will say wait did you just hear what i even said and i yeah. like look up you know and i'm like huh um I, it, yeah so and that, i I identify with what you said about uh, women being diagnosed with ADD because I'm like, maybe I have ADD because I I think my attention span has just shriveled <laughs> and I'm like, maybe there's a diagnosis here. But I think you're I, I couldn't probably diagnose myself that I have become so used to these quick hits of videos, memes, emails. It's like these little quick little dopamine hits of, of just like this like weird energy you get from getting a good email or a fun that I, um, I become addicted to it. And it's like these quick little hits. You mentioned like the dopamine thing. It's a great point. And I think, aren't there like, there probably are studies about what that does, what the ding or the like, or the comment, like what that does to your brain. Right. Yes. That's legit. Yes. That's a legit stuff. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And it is dopamine, you know, dopamine um, and oxytocin are kind of our love hormones. They're excitatory. And so they do provide that for us, which is, which is, you know, sad because it's gone awry where like the flip side, not to bring it down is if you don't get those dings and you're not getting those positive emails or likes or comments, then obviously the opposite happens. Right. And then you're like mm-hmm. feeling like, oh, like nobody even cared about my vacation or my kid's piano recital or whatever it is. And so it can be both. And I can't tell you how many fights have been started over social media. 
<laughs> that's guys, a whole different podcast. That's a whole, that's a whole different podcast. But it's like this isn't even real. You guys are fighting about something that's not even real. Um, okay. Anything else you think? I was going to say one oh, thing. This is Max, Hello, it's Max, by the way. I, I mean, hi. Thirty-two <laughs> minutes in. Hi, Max. Hello again. Um, <laughs> Uh, Kim and Penn may be the exception, uh, but using the phrase, quote unquote, using social media is for my work, could become exaggerated because proper social media practices suggest that everyone should build their brand and therefore allowing everyone to say social media is for my work or for my lifestyle. So I think everyone can relate with this overuse of social media and can identify that they think they're obliged to keep up with social media. Right? Like every person now is like, you are a star. You have to tell the world who you are. But I think you have to be outside of that thought and think, well, I'm also just a person living in this household or in this family or in the city. Yeah, because everybody, you're right. Everybody's building a brand and everybody's. It's probably the people that create Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter saying, build your brand because that means use my product more often. Right. Right. That's very meta, Max. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Max. I really I charge I by love the hour. <laughs> Max brought it. I think that, um, Max, you make a good point, though. I've been noticing for me in the last six months, this whole notion that people are a brand, that anybody is a brand. And it has been percolating in my head, like, what is this going to do now to people's social media use? Like, I just been, it's been a quiet, again, observation, sort of this observationist. Like, now if everybody's walking around with this empowerment of not just like, I can blog, right? So I think the last phase was like everybody could be a blogger, right? And everybody could care about whatever you care about, anything. And you'd get this whole following. And now like this, I feel like it went from blogger to brand. And now everybody's a brand. And so to me, that's again, gone awry. Like what what about the people who are like, I- I'm not a brand. I'm not thinking of myself as a brand. I just want to go on, look at some posts, laugh a little, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think again, that's, that's concern. It concerns me, this, the, yeah. this messaging around branding. Yeah. And I, I do think it kind of gives me like I, I, I kind of like throw up a little in my mouth when people are like, oh, you're a family brand. And because I'm like, no, we're a family and like we're a hot, hot mess. And I would say 99 percent of our lives is not online, but we do share a lot. And it has become this weird thing where it's our job and it's super duper weird. I don't I'm not going to let myself off the hook, though. Like I can't I think part of my anxiety kind of like that I'm always feels like I'm on edge I think it, it's back to these like constant like the fact that I can't focus on anything that I'm being pulled to stare at the palm of my hand I want to add to Kim's the ADD piece because like uh, my, my last physical so that was like a year and a half ago I it was a new doctor to me so I was like oh so I'm sitting there and I'm like, so I want to kind of talk to you about something. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, you know, I find myself like really distracted a lot. And I have a hard time focusing particularly on writing and I, I have to, you know, close things out. And I kind of think I might have ADD. <laughs> so <laughs> she looked at me and she was like, how many kids do you have? And I'm like three. And she's like, and you're a working mom. I'm like, yeah. She's like, I think that's just called motherhood in the middle of me writing this book. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, yeah. I mean, and so I just feel like there is I feel like I know what it must be like to truly have a brain that the executive functioning is not always online. Uh Um, And but I will say I really try to walk my walk, you know, like walk my talk and um, doing just a couple of things, just a couple makes such a big difference that you go, oh, okay. I really, I, I like laugh. Like since like this whole year, 2019, I've been kind of regimented about things. And I'm like, I totally don't have ADD. I just was allowing myself to feel so stretched and so all over the place. And honestly, I, I'm not a perfect monotasker and I multitask a lot with the kids. But when it comes to my work, I feel like I'm walking on a cloud when I sit down and if I say I'm writing an article and I just write the article, I don't check email. I I put my phone in the kitchen. If I'm working from home, like I literally have to do those things and I feel amazing. I look at the clock and I'm like, it's been 45 minutes and I'm done, Yeah, you know, two or three hours and oh, now I'm done. Yeah. It's amazing how fast you can get through stuff too. So here's, here's one more question. Uh, This book is called mommy burnout. It's how to reclaim your life and raise healthier children in the process. Is there anything in the book about what us daddies can do to help with this process? 
Well, I am so glad you asked because I will say over the last year, the dads have come out pretty like loud and proud. Like, why aren't you writing about dads? And why aren't you writing about, you know, our stress and those kinds of things? So I have only, only in the marital chapter, do I really cover dads very much? I think dads have their own unique experiences right now that kind of deserve their own their yeah, whole, they, they are their own, their own book. We are. We're, we're our own book. I guess what I'm wondering, it, it's not like I don't need you to um, to talk about daddy burnout. I guess what I want to know is, is there any, like, what are some things we can do to help with mommy burnout as dads? Yes. Great, great question. So here's one of the things that I would say, um, and I don't know if this resonates with you guys, but in, in the part where I talk about marriage, um, one of the things that women need to really prevent burnout, and burnout is... Just, I don't think I've defined it. It's the chronic physical and emotional exhaustion um, that results um, from doing your, quote, job, in this case, motherhood, um, that leads to pessimism and a feeling that you're not doing a great job. Okay, so it's chronic stress gone awry. And so one of the things that, that spouses can do to support their wives is really listen like listen way more than you are even comfortable listening. And so women like are processors. And so we like to talk about things for a while. And a lot of men have their own stress and they have about like a five to seven minute window in which they want to listen. That's a bit that, much. That, I mean, that's excessive. Yeah. I'm, so I got to I gotta stretch it to five to seven minutes. I'm totally okay with that. Uh, okay, I hear you. I hear you, okay. Doc. Keep going. Go, keep going. Yes. So... Um, no, I'm saying that's that's the current limit, but we it needs to stretch farther, right? Oh, well, Ben's eyes just went, what? Longer than... <laughs> what? Okay, because he's my ADD guy. Sorry. We've yeah. established that. Okay, sorry. I Continue. Know. So here's two, here would be two tips. Yes, you want to stretch it a little longer. Now, Kim, I mean, you probably wouldn't know. I mean, not everything's the same, but let's just say you had this whole thing happen in the morning, right? And you weren't with Penn and then you come home in the afternoon and you're like, oh my gosh, you're never going to believe this, right? It could be anything. It could be like a mom at drop-off. It could be some story with, you know, a friend, whatever it is. You know, you're, like you said, Penn, your limit of five to seven minutes feels like a really long time, but women are processors and we like to talk and talk and talk and then talk about it from different angles. And the thing that happens is, you want to solve the problem. So you're like, well, just don't take that route the next time or just don't say but hi to her But what I should say is, man, that really sucks. Yeah, exactly. Man, I've, I've, I've learned that one. I'm sorry. I'm giggling over here because this, can we talk about this? Uh, yeah. well, this has nothing to do with. <laughs> it has everything to do with. Well, okay. I have just had a really rough, I'll call it a rough 2019. She has. I'll call it a rough 2019. Okay. No, if you're listening to the podcast, you know why. We've had all kinds no, of we've, well, it's bonkers fine. things We've just had a lot of lives. bonkers things with people in our family or dog, the whole thing. So I literally, I just, I am, and this, this week has just been a hard week. Like I've just been near tears about certain different things, just in the way that you, you everybody has a rough week. And I was, we got in the car, it was first moments, uh, not at work. And I was like, okay, well, maybe we'll talk about Dr. Ziegler and what kind of questions we're going to ask because we're on our way over there. And Kim spends- Which we did, by yeah, the way. We did, we did. We, we, we did that. But Kim spent exactly between five to seven minutes talking about this very traumatic experience she had traumatic. where she could not get on the elliptical at the gym because someone else was on it. No, but I got there first. <laughs> And somebody cut in front of me, and I was like, I got here 20 minutes ago, and I go to Orange Theory, and yes. so there's only like one elliptical, for. and I got there like 20 minutes early so I could be first in line so I could get it because my knee's hurting and I can't get on the treadmill, and somebody jumped in line, and they just got here, and I, re- and I, and I said four times during the discussion, <laughs> I realized I sound I like a crazy person. It's great. I sound like a crazy person, but I've had a tough week. I just wanted to get on that bleeping elliptical and this person just shows up yeah. and you'd be pl- proud of me you should be proud of me because i <laughs> wanted to scream out why didn't you just get on another machine or go there to a different gym machines. i know yeah. what, I, what i said was boy that's really too bad honey um <laughs> and and but good, good yeah honey. i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off because you would have you would have oh, talked from five to seven said, minutes about this that's our podcast next week about how i got cut <laughs> off in the gym <laughs> important we're solving important life problems here but people. let let them let them you're saying let them talk don't about solve it. it you don't need to solve it and then it. have empathy yes okay right yes and so let me say 
let me say a couple of things about that. Um, I can tell I'm truly that the two of you work on your marriage pretty actively. Like yes. it's, you know, yes. so, and so Penn, you're really an evolved spouse, honestly. And so, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, you're so excited. <laughs> um, but, you know, I would honestly say the majority of men and spouses don't already have these tools, but you would be honestly, I'm being serious, a great spokesperson for you probably had to put effort into this. This doesn't come naturally to you. <laughs> He's and laughing so, right now. It yeah, doesn't. You're right, though. It doesn't come naturally for him. No, I have to work on it. I absolutely do. I just have never um, felt this good about myself. <laughs> feel awesome about <laughs> thank, yourself. Thank you. But so imagine, though. So for Kim, imagine for you this morning, this whole elliptical thing happens, and, and he has the typical response. First of all, he cuts you off, like, you know, after Would five you have your so period like this morning? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Something like that? Yeah. stabbed in the eye with a fork. Anyway, go ahead. So yes. so if he had had a typical dude response, which is yeah. like, just go to a different gym or go yeah. run outside or something. Yeah. Yes. And then what would that have done to your mood? Oh. <laughs> she would have gotten out of the car. She's asked to get out of the car before when I've I gone. Have. Well, See, I'm we, also evolving. I've already made all of these mistakes. <laughs> yeah. like it's, I, I know what you would do. Yes. Right. right. Yeah. So, like, I think, you know, I will say for the two of you, because you have clearly been working on your marriage and you're sort of a public couple, I think, and you do do this, you humble yourselves a lot and you share, but I think it's really important for people to listen, like who, especially, let's say, a woman who's listening who's like, Oh yeah, my spouse, like he would never do that. Like he blah blah blah. For them to know there is there really is hope. It's not yeah. necessarily easy, but if you put effort into it, I feel like my whole book is about really practical things that any one of us can do today. It just takes effort and discipline. Yeah, and not that much and not that much um effort. When it comes down to it, how hard is it for me to charge my phone downstairs and how hard is it for him to say Gosh, honey, that sucks. I'm sorry that happened. Like that doesn't, it's like a reframing. It's like a retraining when it comes down to it. Do we do it all the time? No, but um, it's definitely, these are like, these are very doable, life-changing things. Yeah. And that's the truth. It's easy. It's easy in terms of like, it's like someone listening to this is like super easy, but it's not easy to change our habits. So the first thing you have to do is change your habits and your patterns, but then the outcome is really great. Like yeah. really significant. Yeah. Well, thank you, Doc. I've now started calling you Doc. That was my fault. <laughs> we're, you know, we are going to uh, we're we're going to use some of these tips and we're going to put them out there on social media. On social media. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, sorry about that, but we're we're going to try uh, some of these tips and we'll we'd love to send them to you and see what you think because this is a, it's a very apropos book to have out there right now. And I think not just for the women, also for the men to, to read up and listen to or at least get like the cliff notes from your wife and listen for five to seven minutes about what they've read. I think it's yeah. a, I think it's super valuable. Yeah, I think I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, but I would love to see what you guys do with it. And hopefully the message being that there, of course, social media is here. It's only growing. Technology is here to stay. So what can we do now? Again, not just for us, for us, but also for our marriages and for our kids, because we're everything we're doing, we're just modeling for them, right? I'm, How do you manage stress? So do, you, scary. do you zone out on your phone or do you talk to somebody or take a bath or a walk or go work out? You know, those kind of things. Thank you so much for taking your time and sharing your book with us. And how can people find you and find your book? I mean, we'll put a link to your book in the description of this podcast, but where should they find you online? On social media. On social media. They can find me at drcherylziegler.com. And the book is has its own website, of course, mommyburnout.com or just anywhere books are sold. It's out there. And I, I just am really happy to be starting kind of really a movement of very practical things that we can do to to change our our mental health epidemic right now. Thank you so so much. Thank you guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.